but they're not as <laughs> they're not as uh big of true crime fans so you know I'd be like telling the story I'd be like okay there's this serial killer and like list all of the horrible things he's done and I was like what's a cocktail maybe that could pair with this story <laughs> Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Green, and we are going to kind of a different side this week. You know, last week was under the influence of craft beer, but this week we talk a little bit about a book, true crime, and a little mixology, so some cocktails. It's going to be a fun episode for those watching us on YouTube or Facebook. You can see my guest, but we'll introduce her here in just a second. Don't forget to check out um, one of our awesome sponsors, partners in crime, Knows Your Bourbon. They created the one of the original nosing uh bourbon nosing kits where you can um you know if you're ever wondered what in the world people are picking up this is for you because they have 18 of the most uh, classic aromas where you can smell those and then compare it to the bourbon you're trying and actually pick up some of those nuances and feel like you know what you're talking about it's nose your bourbon n-o-s-e your bourbon they have the original nosing kit the expansion pack a lot of other cool stuff find them at noseyourbourbon.com and you can find us at hopspirits.com and also on instagram facebook twitter tiktok as long as they're working at hopspirits all one word but we're here to talk a little mixology and murder this week that's right it's uh, i think perfect for you know the season that we're in and we're joined by kiera sundricker did i say that right <laughs> yes Awesome, awesome. See, I, I I was worried. You know, I always say it correctly off air, and then as soon as I hit the red button, it all goes to hell. So, uh, Kiara is the author of Mixology and Murder. And Kiara, thank you for taking a little bit of time to talk about your book. Yeah, thank you for having me. And for those watching, I'm kind of holding it up. It's it's a it's a great cover, and it's a it's an interesting read. But before we get into the book, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I, I don't want to know how you came up with the book just yet. That's my next question. But just tell us a little bit about yourself, because obviously you have to enjoy writing cocktails, books, all sorts of things for something like this to occur. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I am um, an editorial assistant for the independent publishing house, um, Ulysses Press, and we are based in Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, I am kind of like in the mix of like writing, editing books all the time, all day, every day. So um, and uh, I moved to New York City, like right after college, because that's where you want to go if you want to pursue any kind of career in books. So um, and then one of my major two interests are true crime and cocktails so a lot of my free time I spend you know watching docuseries on Netflix and um, true crime podcasts I listen to them pretty much every day as I'm working so this book was really kind of fun to do because it blended a little bit of all of my interests so I was gonna say I mean how do you come up with a a book idea like this because I, I love it because what you do is you you know, tell a little bit about a true crime um, event you know whether that's a cult uh, you know a, a mass murderer events different things like that with a classic cocktail recipe um, that you know kind of might go with it uh, might be a clever name too how, how did that that start and did it really start with your sister and cocktails um I I don't think I would have come up with this idea just strictly on my own or with my sister. It, it kind of happened because of like working in book publishing. Um, so the company I work for, Ulysses Press, we do a lot of nonfiction books and we do accept like the traditional publishing route of like 
agents and authors sending us book proposals and things like that. But we also develop a lot of in-house book ideas, um, especially if someone on the team has like a really fun, cool new idea. Um, and so I was actually kind of thinking about creating content for our blog um, for like a fun interactive like quiz. And we have other true crime books at Ulysses. So I was like, maybe I could do like some true crime stories from our books and like pair them with cocktails or something and people could like take a quiz. And so I was like bringing that idea to the team and someone on the team was like, this could actually be like a cocktail book, like a whole book instead of just a blog post. And so I was like, I was like, that would be cool. So I like did a little research, you know, pulled some numbers to see if something like this would actually work if there was like, like a market for this. And it turns out that there was. And so um, I like brought that back to the team. And they were like, well, do you want to write this cocktail book? Because if not, we can like find a different author. And I was like, when am I ever gonna get the chance to do something like this again? <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I love true crime. Um, I listen to it, read it, watch it all the time. And I love cocktails. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I will. I could do this. So that's kind of how the book just like came about. And it kind of just fell into my lap, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of wanted to take a shot at like doing something a little new. So I was going to say, I mean, were, were you kind of one shocked that, that someone might have said, hey, this could be a book idea? Because, I mean, it's different when you're just throwing things up on a blog. But, you know, a book, I mean, that's you're you're going if you're getting a lot of cocktails, that's a lot of research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot. And I was kind of surprised, honestly, that like a cocktail book kind of true crime themed hadn't already been done because there's just so many different like themed cocktail books like on movies based on like just random like TV shows or even like board games and stuff like that. So I was just surprised that there wasn't one. But also, yeah, I I was kind of this is when I first kind of started working at Ulysses. I was a little bit new. So I was like, ooh, writing a whole book like <laughs> I mean, I guess I can. So yeah, it was it was a bit of a surprise and it did there was a lot of um lot of like research I had to do and like just kind of commit outside of work to like writing this cocktail book, but well, it sounds like you had a lot of fun on it. And for those yeah. that are thinking about, you know, getting this book, which as I'm holding it up for those that are watching and not listening, who might it be? Is it the true crime lover? Is it the cocktail lover? Is it maybe all of the above? Um, I would definitely say, I would say all of the above with like a little bit of a caveat that I think for me writing this, it was first and foremost for like the true crime fan. Um, just because I didn't like really go like reinventing the wheel when it came to cocktails. I really wanted to do just like classic, easy cocktails with like classic true crime stories. Um, so I like I'm in no way like a mixologist or a bartender or anything like that. So I wanted to really keep like the cocktail making aspect of the book pretty simple um, and then just give people some of so yeah, like give them some of the more well known cocktails and then um, pair that with like true crime stories so they can have like a new way to enjoy true crime. Um, and uh yeah, so I just think it I was thinking of it as being like this great gift item for like true crime mm -hmm. fans, a great like resource if you want to throw like a true crime theme party or just, you know, a fun way to pick up like cocktail skills in addition to like your favorite true crime stories just to make it like a little more fun and interesting. So 
Well, no, and, and to me, I think it's also perfect for even if you're a cocktail lover, these are some fun things. Now, this could be weird depending on who you're talking to, but those yeah. could be some <laughs> some good to- cop, uh, topic of conversations and, and kind of get things going. You, you you kind of talked about it, you know, obviously, you know, when you're writing a book you, and something like this, which is several hundred pages with what I believe six, is it 60 or 75 cocktails? Is I that- think it's 65. 65- 60 or 65 well I can't even remember <laughs> yeah so so I mean obviously you have to have a story to go with each because that's the kind mm-hmm. of the the, the p- point of the book how much research went into this book because it's not like you know some of them yeah there are pl- plenty out there but others I'm sure you wanted a little bit further than just the you know what everyone has already heard part yeah so when I first started trying to just like brainstorm and map out how this book would look, I really started from the true crime angle and I tried to think of like how I wanted to first of all like make even chapters like how I wanted to separate things out because I was like looking at some other cocktail books for like reference and you know sometimes they do like they'll do like seasonal cocktails so they'll do it by season or they'll do it by like the liquor that's in it. Um, And since I wanted this to be more like true crime kind of first, I was like, well, I was trying to think of a way to like separate it by like true crime. And so what I ended up doing was like going for like the type of true crime stories. Like the first chapter, you have like serial killer cocktails and those are all cocktails with like serial killer stories. And then I did um, cold case cocktails, cults, and then also just like your kind of true crime stories that like didn't fall into either of any of those categories. Um, So I did that first, and then I kind of started doing research on the specific true crime stories that I wanted to include. And um, I know I've like, I know about a lot of them. And so um, just because I watch and read and listen to true crime all the time, and the serial killers was honestly the easiest chapter, unfortunately. Um, But everyone just like knows those. They're very famous. Um, So I tried to include some of the like the most famous ones that I like that I feel like people would want, even though they know them, but they'd want to have them in a like true crime themed cocktail book. So um, so I did those. And then I tried also to like branch out a little bit into ones I didn't know very well or ones I've just like heard about in passing, but like never really kind of went into it. So um that was really interesting. I like tried to read a lot of like, like re- reread stuff if it was um, like stuff I'd already had or like watch documentaries, um, listen to podcasts, things like that. And so um, some of the ones that I like had to do a little more research on were things like um, like international true crime stories because like you just don't hear about those as much. Um, and so I tried to like include some of those and just like really try to expand my horizons um when it came to like I felt like the aspect of the book that I like already knew about the most I tried to like pretend I wasn't like didn't really know as much and so I could like actually get all the detail in there that was supposed to be in there um so it was like comprehensive to people but um and then it really was kind of hard at first to like think of ways to pair cocktails with these true crime stories um I wanted, since I wanted it to be like classic kind of easy cocktails, like I didn't want to make it too hard for the readers, but also for myself when I was creating it. Um, 
I tried um, to kind of go based off of like the name of the cocktail. Sometimes I would, if that had like a, like something was already there that could tie it to a true crime story. So like, for example, um, I have an aviation cocktail in there and I paired that with the story of like the Lindbergh baby kidnapping because Charles Lindbergh was like a famous pilot, everything like that. So that kind of fit in already. Um, The very first cocktail in the book is like an old fashioned and I paired that with like the oldest known serial killer in America, which is H.H. Holmes. So some of them kind of just like work together and I was able to like quickly make these connections and try to get the stories paired up. And then other ones, um, sometimes with their other ones, I just tried to make it kind of like fun if there wasn't like this immediate connection. So I used a lot. I loved the ones like just making it like have alliteration. So um, that was really fun. And I felt like those kind of fit the idea of using this book for like a true crime themed party. So like kind of ones like the Amityville Amaretto, like that one, I like, fits together really nice um fugitive fizz was a good one too so like if i couldn't really make that immediate connection i just tried to make it like fun so no i i love that because i was gonna ask i mean i feel like yes some make sense you know but Mm -hmm. others also when you're going down into you know 60 some odd cocktails you get away from some of the very well-known ones that people, you know, mm-hmm. everyone knows what an old fashioned is. Everyone knows the Tom Collins, yeah. things like that. But once you get further down, how are, how, I mean, at one, at, was there any point where you're like, I got nothing, I got nothing. I don't know what in the world's <laughs> going to pair with this. Or were you always like, all right, let me keep looking. Let me keep looking. Yeah. I think, um, towards the end when I was just like, had most of them done and there were just a few left, um, I did kind of struggle. I was like, maybe I'll just cut this out entirely because I like can't think of anything. Um, I did ask like, I asked my friends, I asked my sister. I was like, guys, okay, what would pair with like the story of like Jody Arias or something like that? And just have them like, because they know some of them knew. So I was like, just tried to put out feelers to give me some ideas. Um, but yeah. It kind of just came down to, again, like just making it, you know, fun if I couldn't really think of anything else for it. Um, so there was always like some like thing I felt like I could do. I just kept kind of like researching and I would look at like little aspects of the story, like really go into detail and be like, is there a detail in here that I can like pull out and just like it somehow fits with like a cocktail. And so, yeah, I did do a lot of like just like nitpicking research to try to find things but sometimes if it just got too much I was like you know what it's okay like it doesn't have to be you know an exact fit so um and I did end up having to like cut some cocktails just because of like length and space things like like publishing things and so that was when that happened I was like some of the ones I was a little more iffy on I was like okay that's fine like that one can go I'm not like too attached to it so yeah. Well, well, and then too, you know, you know, you mentioned there's a lot of very classic cocktails. Did you put a spin on on any of them either, just to kind of besides that maybe uh, obviously some of the names, you know, I believe like the old fashioned is an old fashioned uh, murder castle, things like that. Did you besides the names? Did you do any of them kind of have a little spin uh, on them to you know tie in maybe a, a little bit more to the 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 murder side of this? Um. Yeah, I remember that. Like one of them, I did for um oh who did I do it for I think I did it for uh Richard Ramirez um serial killer and so with his cock the story that like his story in the cocktail um 
I remember I wanted something kind of spicy for the cocktail because I was theming it like off of like the satanic panic, which is like where when he was like committing his murders and things like that, it really stirred up um, the like U.S.'s fever of satanic panic. And so with me that I kind of associated that with like um, something that would be red and kind of hot and like spicy, things like that. And I I don't even (laughs) I don't even remember the base of the cocktail like. I pulled out a cocktail, I think, originally, and then I was like, I'm just going to mix this kind of up and, like, combine a few things and just make, like, a kind of, not, like, new, I don't, it probably isn't new cocktail, but just, like, something a little different, and then I gave it the name Satanic Panic. Um, so, that yeah, so, like, that was an example of one where I, like, wasn't finding anything that I really liked that would fit with this story, and so I was like, I'm just going to... I don't know. I'm just gonna like mix and match a few things. So, so, so you decided um, to throw in some jalapenos, cayenne pepper. <laughs> yeah. Have a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I, I like that. And, and then you know, obviously, when you're you're thinking about these stories, I, I was reading up, and uh, there was one case I believe that kind of stuck stood out to you, and it was the uh, mm. uh, the Ramsey case. Uh, what yes. what made you what made that stick out to you because I believe that is that a cold case case is that correct yes yeah so when I so the John Benet Ramsey case is like very very famous I'm sure like any even slight true crime fan will be like yeah I know I know that one um it's it's one that I heard because it's so famous and I so famous because it's unsolved is it's just like one I heard very early on when I first started getting into true crime and so I think that was one of the reasons it stuck out to me. It's just, it's so famous. It's unsolved. Um, but then it's also like the story about, you know, a ch- it's a child who died. And so all those are always like, you know, so much more like heartbreaking and tragic, especially if it, you know, is unsolved. And um, John Bonet was in like the public eye. So there was a lot of sensationalization already there. Um, and so I just think a huge part of it is just like this it was just one of like a story that stuck with me um, just because it is unsolved. And I, it just seemed like it was so solvable and it just hasn't been solved. And so there are, you know, quite a few true crime stories that way, but that one is just always, I just want to know the answer. Like if I could have the answer to any unsolved murder, mystery, anything, I just want to know that one. Um, So, and like, if you listen to any true crime, like podcast, if they do like, episodes of like different true crime things they'll probably cover like John Benet Ramsey very early on because it is you know so famous so yeah I think it's just one that heard early on never got over it so yeah <laughs> well and then obviously you know you're, you're doing all this research you're writing about you know 60 plus different events or, or you know cases things like that what were some of the most interesting ones that you you found um, or maybe something new that you found and something that you, you thought you knew, you know, about already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one, there were a couple that were like, I mentioned earlier, like the international, some stuff that happened not in the U S. So I, there were a lot that I've like heard of, but there were a lot that I didn't hear of. And especially when I was researching the like cult cocktails chapter, I was trying to like, come up first of all come up with enough stories about cults because I feel like you hear about the same three and you like don't hear about any other ones and so like I knew about like obviously like Jonestown and like Heaven's Gate and Nexium and things like that but I so I like started researching those and then I found like 
a couple that I had like never even heard of. And to me, that's just wild because cults like affect groups of people. And like, I feel like those are the stories you like hear about more. And um, so I, so some of the ones that like really stuck out to me that I learned about while researching this book were um, the family cult, which was um, in Australia. And then also the, there's one in, there was one in Japan um, and it's called Om Shinriko. And it, it was, uh, that one is a wild story. And so like just researching these, it was really cool because I was like, I'm like, thought I, I don't know. I just didn't think this book was going to like make, I thought I was going to take my previous knowledge and like pour it into the book, but I got to like learn a bunch of new stuff too. And like, um, I think it just like really opened my eyes to like also searching for new true crime stuff that wasn't just in the United States. Um, so yeah, those were just uh, the cult ones. I did just didn't know uh, much about. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, and then there was like some, some I actually cut from the book after learning more about them, which was interesting. Um, like I had originally wanted to do um uh, which it's the one with the the Cecil Hotel in California with Eliza Lamb, and I was like that that has so much like urban legend behind it in addition to like the true crime aspect. So I was like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna put that one in the book. Um, but then while I was writing this book, like a new documentary on it came out and like new stuff came out. So I like watched that documentary and there was just so much of it like that I feel like had been like misconstrued and like that people like took as like fact that maybe wasn't fact. And it really kind of seemed to be more of like, I don't know, something that I felt like wasn't like, I wouldn't say like appropriate for the book, but just it like wasn't like, it was had a lot more to do with like someone's personal like mental health and things like that and I was just like and I didn't know any of that so that documentary documentary really opened my eyes and I was like just like felt like I didn't want to I didn't want to include that story in so yeah so doing research just like really opened my eyes and there's always like so much to learn and like there's always new stories unfortunately um but like even the really really old ones like there's just always information new information to find I feel like (laughs) Well, and, and I guess the other other side to doing research like that is, um, one, are you worried about you know ha- having all these on your Google search now? And then two, what's it like? To, <laughs> is that all you were kind of talking about to friends and family uh, when, when you're writing this? Because I mean, obviously, that's a lot of stuff to remember, and that's probably what was you know on your mind at the time. Yeah, definitely. My search history for a solid like five months was just like various true crime stuff my netflix was all just like true crime documentaries um and yes i did talk a lot so my sister and i are already talk about like true crime that's going on anytime like new stuff that comes out in the media but then we both listen to true crime podcasts so like we talk about the episodes we're listening to and things like that so i definitely like talked to her a lot i was like bouncing ideas and i was like should i include this story should i not include this story um and then I did talk to my family a little bit, um, but they're not as <laughs> they're not as uh, big of true crime fans. So you know, I'd be like telling the story. I'd be like, okay, there's this serial killer, and like list all of the horrible things he's done. And I was like, what's a cocktail maybe that could pair with this story? 
<laughs> they weren't as helpful as my sister, but <laughs> yeah, for a, for a couple months there, it was just me kind of talking about true crime to my family. <laughs> hey, I mean, the, it, it, it turned out uh, great, turned out into a, a really cool book. So, I mean, yeah. it, it all worked out in the end, uh, might have yeah. made for a couple <laughs> awkward conversations at the dinner table, but... Um, they know me it's fine <laughs> <laughs> now you know obviously you mentioned that you enjoy having a cocktail sometimes that's what you and your sister do when you're talking about this so what are maybe what a fun whether it's from the book or just in general fun cocktails that you enjoy and, and maybe always go back to mm-hmm. um i think one of the ones that was really fun for me to make from the book was um it's the baker's buttered rum Um, And it's in the serial killer cocktails section. And that is um, paired with the story of Robert Hansen. And so I really like that cocktail because it's a little bit more, it was a little bit more involved than some of the other ones where it's just like mix, shaker, like pour it in the glass and your garnish and you're done. This one had like, um, you had to make this kind of batter first. It's a very like, it's ice cream and honey and butter and cinnamon. Um, And then you pour like, it's like an apple cider rum combination that's heated up and you pour it on top. And so that one was really fun. It was a little bit more labor intensive, um, but it's kind of one of my new favorites. It's very appropriate for like fall. So it's a good drink for right now. Um, and so that one was really fun for me to make. Um, and then I think one of the ones I keep going back to is just like, I'm very, I'm just, I'm really good with like the classic, simple, easy ones. So I love to do like amaretto sours um, and which uh, is for the Amityville amaretto. Like that one's just a classic amaretto sour. So I do always go back to that one whenever I want like a casual, just a casual drink. Um, I I really like sweet drinks um, and also Moscow Mule's always good for those. I like to mix those ones up and include like different flavored syrups for those um, to just change it up. I really like, I think raspberry is my favorite for those. Um, so yeah, those are just a few of my little go-tos that I really enjoy making. <laughs> hey, and and then obviously, you know, you, you mentioned your, you love true, true crime shows, podcasts. What are some of your favorite shows and podcasts that's, that you listen to that, you know, others should, if they're a true crime lover, if they haven't heard of it, maybe they should. I could talk about this forever. (laughs) Um, So the one that really got me into true crime was My Favorite Murder, which I feel like is every, like, that's like one of the number ones. Probably everyone's heard of it if you like true crime. Um, And they've just, they've been around since 2015. I think I started listening to it in 2016. So I've been listening to it for maybe it's 2016, but like around five years now. and that one is just it's so it's so fun because it's like serious true crime stories um but with like the hosts are just so like they're just so fun they make it very conversational they make it very interesting they're very respectful and so um i just like love that one they do a different true crime like story every week so you get just a ton of stories i definitely have ones that i've like never heard of before um, that I found on my favorite murder. So that's a really good one. And then, um, another one that I really like that I started listening to this past year, 
Um, that one is called And That's Why We Drink. And it's actually a mix of true crime and like supernatural stuff. So one of the hosts will do a um, supernatural story and then another one will do um, a true crime story. So that one's like really fun. Um, and then if you're looking for some podcasts that are uh, specifically about one one true crime, like one story, um, at least for like a season, um, your own backyard, really good, really awesome podcast. It's about the disappearance disappearance of Kristen Smart. Um, and then Up and Vanished is another really good one. Um, and those are cool because the hosts like do a deep dive. Like they're investigating these like unsolved um, mysteries. And so very interesting, gets you really kind of close to the actual story. Um, and then one docu-series I will always recommend for true crime people is The Jinx. Um, and I think when I watched it, it was on HBO. I don't know if it's still on HBO, but that's where I watched it a few years ago. Um, and that one is about Robert Durst. Um, and, uh, he was like, his wife like disappeared in the 1980s and then he was suspected of murdering this one man in Texas and then his friend in California and he like has somehow like he just still is like was never caught or anything like that but they were also just like allegedly he maybe had something to do with it and what's so cool is like that documentary is like he is the main subject like the documentary team is like interviewing him and he's the main character it's not like this story and like you don't have the subject and it's just like all this side information coming from you know his family or like the crew doing their own investigation like he just like is the the um like the person they're kind of investigating slash making a you know documentary about so it's very very interesting would highly recommend <laughs> well those are all, all sound, sound really cool and, and pretty much i feel like now that the true crime genre whether it's podcast or tv uh, there's something for everyone because I feel like, especially yeah. net, like nowadays when I turn on Netflix, there's always something, and and they and they're not even so much like the 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 crazy murders, you know, like murder or anything like that. Some of them could be uh, for for those on hop, hops and spirits side, you know, trying to steal bourbon and and other things like that. So yeah, you yeah, know, <laughs> you know, you just never know what kind of true crime is out there there anymore. Um, yeah, obviously with writing this book, you know, listening to shows like that has that changed you at all? Like, cause I, I think I read something where you were like, yeah, you know, once you start doing these things and you pick up some, some things, I'm, I'm guessing you might become a little more aware. Uh, is, is that a good way to put it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely am a lot more aware of like, just like my surroundings of like people and the way they act in general. Like I just, it kind of sounds a little cheesy to say it's like changed me um, or like changed me for the better. But I like really do think it's true. Um, and it's like not to say that I'm like paranoid or like think that everyone like around the corner is like a serial killer or anything like that. But like you hear because true crime is so far reaching um, and there's just all these stories about people like crazy, like horrific things that happen to just like everyday people who were just like walking down the street, minding their own business or like they just happen to not lock their front door like one time. Um, I think like those kinds of stories, they just like really make you, they just make, and if you hear them all the time, they just make you think constantly. And so I definitely like, you know, I definitely obviously keep my doors locked um, all the time. 
um, even during the day. And I kind of think about my surroundings so much more. Um, I, you know, I kind of have the feeling of like the Karen and Georgia who are the hosts of my favorite murder. They always are like, you don't have to be, you know, polite to people who are making you uncomfortable. It's fine to like, get out and like maybe be rude and maybe apologize later if you have to. But like, so I definitely have like kind of taken those little bits of advice that they throw in, in between like telling these true crime stories that like how to just like, you know, keep yourself safe and to be aware and to just, you know, not, not worry about like, you know, how it might affect other people. If it, if you need to stay safe, like that's fine. So um, yeah, those are just uh, some things that have, um, kind of changed me since I started kind of getting into true crime. So, well, and, and then I guess my, one of my last questions for you is, will you ever not love true crime? Cause I mean, you're, you're <laughs> so, so, I mean, you've now written a book with it, you know, yeah. it's, it's a lot of shows that you love. I mean, I mean, are, are you getting to that point yet or is it still like, no, nope, no, nope, there's just something new out there every, every day, every day. Yeah. I would definitely say that I, I can't see myself not liking it anytime soon. Like <laughs> I feel like there's always something that I just am going to find interesting. Cause I love like even documentaries that aren't true crime. I just like love documentaries. I love stuff that's about like the real world, like real stories, real people's lives. So um, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like it'll, I always will like it. I'll always find it interesting and like want to know more and you know, so, yeah, I can't see myself stopping anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> well, and then I, I guess another thing is, is will you be writing a, a, any books anytime soon or, or just going <laughs> to stick with the day job for, for a little while um, and, and just enjoy this one? Yeah, as of right now, I don't have um, I don't have any other plans to write any more books. Um, so I, I think I am just going to stick with the day job right now. But if like another opportunity comes off, comes up where it's like, pairing one of my interests with some writing, I think I would, you know, maybe take another shot at it. But right now I am very happy with just like that this book came out and then I was able to do something like this. So. Well, and speaking of the book, Mixology and Murder, it, I believe it's, it's, it's out now. Is that correct? Or, or is coming out this um, month? Yes, it'll be, um, you can pre-order it right now, but it officially comes out on October 19th. And then where, where can folks pre-order and where, where are they most likely to find it? You can pre-order it on Amazon, um, and you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It'll indie, your favorite local indie bookstore. It'll basically be wherever, kind of wherever books are sold. So, well, well, folks, if you enjoy true crime, I, I highly recommend it. If you're looking for a good conversation starter, or at least something a little different than your normal everyday conversation starter <laughs> around a couple good cocktails, I recommend it. It's a, it's a fun book. It's a perfect uh, Christmas gift, too. Holidays are, are coming up as well. Um, don't forget to check us out at hopspirits.com, at hopspirits, all one word, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. We're also on YouTube as well. Uh, Kiera, thank you so much for sharing your passion for, for true crime and, and the, you know, the occasional cocktail as well. Yes, thank you so much for letting me. It was so fun. <laughs>